Sports Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Hour number two underway. I want to welcome to the program Paul Vallone. He is the president of Grassroots North Carolina, one of the plaintiff organizations that is now suing Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden. And uh, for the second time, I believe. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much for having me, sir. And yes, it is the second time. Right. So, uh, as many times as it takes. (laughs) All right. So, uh, explain to me what exactly is going on with the, the, uh, the paperwork that's being run through the VA. Why is this, um, why is he doing it and why is this objectionable? Well, to give you a little background, back in 2011, an NRA lobbyist made kind of a bad deal. Originally, the concealed handgun permits were sheriff shall issue or deny in 90 days. He wanted to make it 45 days, but he ended up negotiating with the Sheriff's Association, and they came up with 45 days and receipt of mental health records that the sheriff is allowed to apply for. So it became somewhat open-ended. And now that we cut off his other avenues for obstructing permits, McFadden figures he's going to be clever and use this particular Uh, I guess, loophole or vagary in the North Carolina statutes. So we started getting reports. uh, As soon as we filed the lawsuit, we got a consent order, uh, a preliminary injunction against him, actually, and then a consent order. Yet we continued to get complaints about um, excessive delays in getting concealed handgun permits. The purchase permit problem pretty much resolved. Concealed handgun permits, that's where the, the problem is now. And when we investigated, we gradually realized that unlike the other 99 sheriffs in the state of North Carolina, McFadden is sending all applicants, requests for all applicants, through the Veterans Administration, even people who've never served in the military. I even had one uh, say that uh, they tried to justify it to her by asking whether any of her relatives had served in the military. But does that have to do with anything? Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Uh, So... What he's doing is he's actually flooding the VA, the local VA, with these requests. And quite frankly, if you're not a veteran, the VA has no obligation to serve you. So you go to the bottom of the stack, and whatever else they have to do, they're going to do that, and then maybe they'll get to to your application eventually. And I can't say I blame them. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on. So that explains in the the, – have you seen this statement that – the Sheriff's Office issued to Channel 9 WSOC-TV where they talk about – Here it is. Applications are processed first in, first out, and unfortunately the facilities do not send the releases back in chronological order. So that's what he's talking about. So if if they were to take my application, send it to the VA, the VA is not going to find my name in their system because I'm not a veteran, and so it's going to go to the bottom of the stack, and then that that might take forever if they keep getting more and more permit applications. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. I mean, that's precisely what he's trying to do. The interesting thing is he claims that, well, I have to send all of the applicants through the VA because some don't disclose their military service on their concealed handgun application. Well, ignoring for a moment that that's, that application is completed under penalty of perjury, um, the reality is that the Veterans Administration has been reporting uh, disqualified individuals to the National Instant Background Check System, the computerized background check system, since 1998. So in other words... And by the way, General Statute 14.415.16 requires the sheriff to do a NICS check before issuing a concealed handgun permit. So he has access to all of the disqualified people from the VA, meaning that his 
attempt to flood the VA with these requests is not only redundant, it's malicious. So now what happens, and we had a, a couple of calls. Uh, one fella called in and he said that he's waited now 11 and a half months. Another fella mm-hmm. said uh, it, he's now on month nine. And he went in and his renewal uh, was in March. He went in to renew in March and he still hasn't gotten any word back. And he asked them, well, what do I do? My, you know, I'm driving down the road. I have my handgun, but my permit is now expired. And they told him, you know, oh, you'll be fine. But that's not, I don't believe that's true. Do you think that's true? Actually, it is true. If you look at 14.415.16, I think it's, uh, oh, C, provision C. And it says that if you apply within 90 days prior to the expiration date and the permit is not fulfilled within the expiration date, it remains valid past the expiration date. But for how long? Uh, as one caller correctly noted, you can no longer use it to bypass NICS uh, to purchase a firearm. And worse, one of our uh, plaintiffs routinely travels to other states for business. Now, would you like to explain to a law enforcement officer in Georgia that your permit really is still good, even though it says it's expired, right? Um, right, because they have no so, way they'll they'll have no way of knowing whether you filed that paperwork. Correct, and they have no way of knowing whether um, what the statute is in North Carolina. Um, chances are you're going to get arrested. What about so, is there? A, what about if you get pulled over by a North Carolina state trooper or something? Are they going to know that you've submitted an application? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> right, so that's what I mean. I don't understand. I mean, you may be, you may get cleared afterwards, but you're gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna go to jail. I think there's an excellent chance of that. That is true. You may, you may have ultimately use it as an affirmative defense, but it wouldn't surprise me that you would get arrested first. I right. would agree with you wholeheartedly. And then also, uh, so I guess you heard the caller talking about the pistol purchase permits. Uh, if anybody now wants to uh, want, if they've if their handgun permit or their concealed carry permit has lapsed, they want to go buy a pistol. Mm-hmm. They now have to spend the money. Is there an avenue here to sue the sheriff over those costs that he is taking in? He's essentially double dipping on what he called us his citizens. Yeah, that's an interesting provision. We hadn't looked specifically at that, but. Here's, here's what um, McFadden's going to try and tell us. He's going to try and say that he has to do the, all this stuff through the VA because somebody might not disclose, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. All right? And what's more, he's going to say that under the statutes, it doesn't specifically say where he can or cannot apply for the mental health records. So he's going to say, well, that's well within my purview. But here's what has changed in just the last few months. The Bruin decision, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin which struck down New York's May issue concealed handgun law because it required that you show good cause to get a per- to, to get a permit. However, in note 9 of that decision, Clarence Thomas, that brilliant decision written by Clarence Thomas, um, note 9 says that even the constitutionality of a shall issue system like our own may be constitutionally suspect if it causes excessive delays or exorbitant costs to the applicants. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Oh. So <clears throat> and that's precisely, of course, what McFadden is doing. Right. He's maliciously trying to make it as difficult as possible to get a concealed handgun permit. I also wonder this idea um, go, about going through the VA specifically, and, I, and there's a, uh, got another message here from the owner of Old Grouch's military surplus out in uh, western North Carolina. He said, so in addition to screwing everybody applying 
by sending unnecessary paperwork to the VA, McFadden is also screwing veterans. VA mental health care resources are already overwhelmed, and by sending tens of thousands of requests, he knows that are that they are BS. He's tying up caregivers and VA funds that now cannot be used to actually care for veterans who need it. That's very true. As a matter of fact, that was uh, my uh, vice president of operations who did the press conference on this a few days ago. That was one of the things he said. He's a, a Marine, hmm. and he said, I resent the fact that he's tying up VA resources that could better be used to help veterans. He's exactly right. Paul Vallone uh, from Grassroots North Carolina. What's a, uh, a way if you uh, uh, people want more information about your organization, where you go to your website? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And by the way, this, uh, this lawsuit, like uh, all litigation, is not cheap. So anything they can do to help, we would appreciate. It's at grnc.org. GRNC, like grassroots North Carolina, grnc.org. Thanks for your time, sir. I really do appreciate it. Good talking with you again. Thank you. All right, take care. That's Paul Valone from grassroots North Carolina. grnc.org is the website. WBT. I'm probably going to end up getting arrested by the sheriff. <laughs> well, or by one of his people. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Because now, now I'm worried. I got to go check and see when my permit expires because now I'm concerned that this guy's going to still be in office and he's going to slow roll my application when I have to renew. Let me read through. Now, after hearing, you heard the president of uh, Grassroots North Carolina, Paul Vallone, walk through the second lawsuit that they've now had to file against Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden over his slow walking of the uh, concealed handgun permits and people trying to renew. You heard from callers in the last hour who said they've been waiting nine months, 11 and a half months and such. Some of the people in the litigation, they've been waiting over a year. Over a year. Two of the plaintiffs say that they had concealed handgun permits and uh, both tried to renew them before they expired, but they still have not been granted. Right? This presents a problem because if you are a concealed handgun carrier, you have the permit and you carry it, and you get pulled over and your permit is expired, you can tell the cop, well, you know what, I applied, I'm, you know, I'm in Mecklenburg here, and you know, the sheriff is slow walking all of this stuff, and, and you're basically going to be at the mercy of that cop as to whether he believes you that you have filed the paperwork. Because there's not going to be any proof of that, is there? I don't even know. I don't remember there being any proof that I had filed the paperwork. You're going to carry around the application or something with you, make copies of it? His statement, the sheriff's statement, at this time, they have not. They say we have not been served uh, or received a notice about the litigation. But we remain in compliance with the state statute that says the clock starts running once we have received all required paperwork, including all, he capitalized, all mental health releases. 
Applications are processed first in, first out, and unfortunately, the facilities do not send the releases back in chronological order. We have also found that not everyone discloses their military status on their application, so to be sure we are getting accurate information, our process is to check everyone through the same facilities, which include the VA. And as you heard Mr. Valone say, somebody like me, not a veteran, they're going to send my paperwork to the VA, and the VA is going to say, who is this Pete guy? He's not a veteran. We, have, we are under no obligation to serve him. We serve veterans. So my, my application then gets pushed off to the side, not because I have failed, not because it raised any flags, not because I'm disqualified. I haven't done anything wrong. The sheriff has. The sheriff has. And honestly, how dare you? How dare you send all of this paperwork to the Veterans Administration and jam them up because of your crap, your garbage beliefs over Second Amendment ownership or your your attempt to juice gun owners for more money for your pistol purchase permits, $5 a head? Like, what, what is wrong with you? This guy's a psychopath. Seriously, like I have serious concerns about this man's mental health. He's our top law enforcement official, and these are the games he's playing, and he's jamming up the VA. How dare you? It's unbelievable. Where are the veterans groups, by the way? Are you guys aware that the sheriff has been doing this? That he's he's, uh, sucking up manpower, resources from the Veterans Administration? By swamping them with thousands of applications from people who aren't veterans. And by the way, you would know that because when I applied the last time, you ran my records, you ran my background check. If I'm coming in for a renewal, I would not have gone to the VA because you would have already known that I'm not a veteran because I already had the freaking permit. Also, the VA reports to NICS, the background check system, as Paul Valone said, this information is not only obtainable by somebody at the VA. This so McFadden, my God, like this story gets worse and worse. This is it is it is seriously disturbing. All right, let me go over here to Frank. Hello, Frank. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello there. Hello there. How are you? Hey, I'm a little uh, a little ticked off. I bet, yes. I totally agree with you regarding the uh, current sheriff and the processes and the delay and, and such. So uh, the concealed carry thing, what I did to cover my butt about a year and a half ago was I got the delayed letter. It took probably five months for me to actually get my permit renewal. Um, but they did send me a letter that said it's being processed, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I, I carried all that stuff with me just in case. Right. Um, just to cover my butt. I mean, that's just common sense for any carrier, I think. Right. So, and this is one of the this is one of the things that that I think is it generates such uh, such anger is that the people who go through all of the hoops to get their concealed handgun permits are by definition trying to follow the law, and now you have the top law enforcement officer trying to screw us over because we try to follow the law, and and. And blaming the process or blaming their delay or blaming whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So when you, uh, when you submitted the paper, and this was in Mecklenburg County, you said? 
It was. Yes. Okay, so you submitted the, the, the renewal paperwork, and did they give you the, uh, the delay notice immediately, or did they give you any kind of paperwork when you filed it to say that you had filed it? A letter, uh, yeah, it online. I, I renewed it online. Okay. So I printed out my renewal notice, and it showed that I had renewed. And then I received a letter about a month and a half later, which I carried also with me along with the receipt of my, my filing it. But it still took another four months, I think, for mm. me to get the actual permit. Um, and that's back in the 20, 19, 2020 and I received it in 2021, if I recall. So you probably got caught up in the in the the pandemic uh, slowdown that that he or the the slowdown that he blamed on the pandemic. That was his first. Yeah, that was the first. Very possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Very interesting. I yeah, appreciate that info. I'm just going to end up carrying even more paperwork now. All right. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. Exactly. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. We want to welcome the Light the Nights Festival as well. You can make merry memories. Merry memories. It's the truest field. Now through January 6th, they got the ice skating. They got the snow tubing. They got the hockeying. They got the figure skating. They've got the Christmas shopping, the Christmas villaging. Uh, they got the European menuing. Uh... They got a holiday marketing. What else? Snowtastic winter wonderlanding. They got a lot. So everything going on. It's. I mean, I'm going to go down there. It's going to be a great. Uh, it's a great venue. If you've never been to Truist Park, it's a great venue. Beautiful view of the city skyline and everything, and the way they decorate everything inside the uh, inside the the stadium. You get to walk all around it and everything. It's it's really cool. If you've been there for a game but have never been there for something like this, it's amazing. So go check it out. It is now through January sixth. The Light the Nights Festival. Let me go back to the phones here. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. We're talking about our our terrible, awful, no-good sheriff of Mecklenburg County. And um, hang on. Yeah, here, got a uh, got a tweet from, uh, from App Patriot Girl. She says, why is McFadden allowed to disregard state law? I mean, this has been going on for years now. This man needs to be removed from office. I'm on board. I'm on board. What do we need to do? What, uh, can the General Assembly get the, remove him from office? At this point, I think the case is pretty clear of what he's doing. He acknowledges what he's doing in the press release that he sent out, in the statement he sent out. Right? He's, he's overwhelming the Veterans Administration with paperwork depriving resources to veterans in an effort to slow walk gun permits in the county that he is supposed to be fulfilling, and he's not. All right, let me get to the phones again. Here's Joe. Welcome to the show. Hello, Joe. Uh, hello. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Good. Thanks for having me. Listen, uh, there's. Um, I just want to put kind of another wrinkle into this situation. I'm involved in mental health in North Carolina, and there are no therapists that are required by law to turn over any patient records to the sheriff. They will voluntarily turn over patient records upon consent to other medical professionals or other therapists. 
but I don't know of any therapist that will turn them over to the sheriff. They will turn the records over to the patient at their request, and the patient can give them to the sheriff. But, of course, McFadden's answer to that is going to be, I didn't get it from their mental health professional. I got it from them. So I don't know that it's legitimate. I think so. it's, well, it's not a matter of getting the records on, um, on what, what they were in for or anything. I think it's just whether or not they, they were a client or they were institutionalized or something. Right, and and they they will not disclose that even with the patient's request. They won't disclose that to a sheriff. They will disclose that to, like I said, another mental health professional or a judge upon subpoena. But they will not disclose that to the sheriff of Mecklenburg County. How that how have they the ones that I know? But how are they doing this? Then how have they been doing it for the last uh, and, decade unless, or so? Unless they're getting it from the patient, they're themselves. not. Well, I sign a release. Yeah, when you go when you go in and sign up. To get the concealed handgun permit, you you sign a release that says all of these mental health uh, facilities are. Oh, uh, there's a form you you sign it, and that that gives them clearance to share that information. Right now, the facility, the, uh, if it's a facility, if it's a mental health facility like a, uh, a halfway house or a, a lockup facility, um, they they will disclose. But an individual therapist who has a patient who is oh no no. Yeah, they're just hitting the big institute. They're going, you know, Broughton, whatever. They're doing the big, um, you know, the big hospitals and the big uh, mental uh, health uh, facilities around the state. They're not going into individual. Yeah, so they they would not know. If I'm being treated by a local therapist, they would not know that. That's right, and they don't have any way of finding that out. And that's and, and that, that, that's the way the law was, is. And, and, and I, I didn't realize they were getting it that their primary function was to get them from. But you're absolutely 100% right in the overloading of the VA. You know, they tried to revamp the VA a few years ago, and it is not, it, it didn't go well. And and to overload an already overloaded system like that is, it, it's unethical in my mind. Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. Unethical at the, the, at the very least. Criminal, maybe. Um, I mean, it, it's, this is, it is. It's astounding. I'm almost speechless, which is not a good thing for a talk host to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe, I appreciate the call. Thank you very All much. Buddy. Yes. I appreciate what you do. All right, take care. Um, I, I just, I cannot believe that a sheriff is, it's not even a matter I can't believe it, because I can believe it. Because I watched Gary McFadden, as soon as I got back to town, and I started watching this guy, and I saw some of his press conferences, and even when I was up in Asheville and he was doing stupid things here, and I was watching him from afar, and I would play, I actually would play some of his dumbassery on my radio show in Asheville. Because, I mean, it's, it's content gold. But, you know, when he was uh, having the fights with the, the people over the jails and stuff, and they were camped out in front of the jail, remember, and then he went and arrested everybody, like all of these different things that he has been doing, I've been watching and now since i've been back and then i see uh the the primary and i see this debate i see his interactions with the the fop chapter and with his uh his political opponents and then i watch him go to the county commission meeting and i watch the way he arrogantly condescends to everybody around him as if everybody in the room is an idiot that's why i say the the man i think is actually he i think he is I mean, I called him a psychopath already, so like maybe I should just stick with that. And I recognize that this is going to get me arrested. And that's a, that's a scary thought to be in a society now where I have to worry, like, oh, my gosh, uh, because this guy is behaving like a class A narcissistic jerk. 
and, and, and using this law in order to stick it to gun owners for whatever purpose. See, that's the thing. Nobody is asking him that. What's the real reason you're doing this? Don't give me the crap, the garbage story of, oh, well, you know, I want to make sure that everybody gets a permit. is Bull. How, why are you the only sheriff in the state that can't do his freaking job on this? Why is that? There's another reason here. Is it for the $5 pers- uh, pistol purchase permits? Is it because concealed carry holders represent some sort of, I don't know, threat to you? Which is weird because they're like the least threatening population in society. They literally help prevent crimes. They literally stop crimes from occurring. They literally don't need your ass to help them because they have their own guns. So what's the deal? Why do you have a beef with the most law-abiding population in society? Is it about the gun ownership issue? Oh, no, because you claim you're for the Second Amendment. I'm wondering, can we impeach this guy? He's already had an injunction against him. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to head over and donate some money to this lawsuit. My God. All right, stay on the line. I got uh, Gary. Uh, oh, oh, yes, definitely stay on the line, Gary. I want to talk with you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's get Jim on the program. Hello, Jim. Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up? Yeah, McFadden, uh, uh, was it 287G or 267G? The uh, 287G is the uh, uh, the uh, Illegal Immigrant Identification Program. Yeah, and Pendergraph, if you remember him. I do. He really pushed that program. Yeah, he instituted it here, and then he got hired on by the Bush administration to go and uh, set it up in sheriff's offices all around America. But yet, every time I've ever heard McFadden talk about that program, he said it was uh, he was not going to pursue it, he right. was not going to support it or enforce it. Right. And his whole attitude and approach to that kind of reminds me of the way he's approaching, uh, you know, pistol permits. Oh, yeah. He's and, uh, he's uh, he's picking and choosing which laws he wants to enforce and how. And he does it all. I mean, this this guy is uh, he's right at a central casting for like a George Soros D.A., you know, uh, that, like, these sheriffs that uh, that got all this you know leftist progressive backing. He's he's cut from that same cloth. And, and Pete, unfortunately, it's so sad. He's black, and these other big American cities that are controlled by blacks, the there's the same kind of prevailing attitude. Black on black crime is just out of out of control. Well, he's yeah. The Mecklenburg County Sheriff, though, I mean, you know, the CMPD, they're they're the police force. So the Mecklenburg County uh, Sheriff's deputies don't have much to do on the enforcement side. I mean, they do run the jails, although he's doing his best to you know treat the residents. No, don't call them inmates, but to treat the residents really, really well, even though they're doing all of the abusing of the deputies and such. Um, well, Pete, I'll I'll make one more comment. He he is supporting that. Like the black mayor lady in Chicago who has 30 people shot and three or four killed every weekend. Mm-hmm. But, but Pete, he, uh, I, think he, I think you've already mentioned this. He had an employee and, may, and maybe a retired employee that ran against him in the last sheriff election. Yeah. And, but I think he, he, 
I don't know what the margin was, but he won, of course. He won, and he didn't even have a runoff because this was strictly in the Democrat Party primary. Uh, and he beat Gina Hicks, and I forget the other fellow's name, but yes, both of them worked for him. Uh, well, I take it back. Gina Hicks got fired. She was uh, she was part of the uh, the administration for the previous sheriff, Erwin Carmichael, and so um, uh, uh, McFadden accused her of being part of the good old boy system because McFadden plays the race card all the time. He's just a terrible person. He, uh, I mean, really, he 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 plays the race card all the time. And uh, and I and that's why I was hoping that this other caller, Gary, who had called in, but he dropped off uh, during the break, and he apparently was going to say he told Bernie that uh, uh, the only reason I'm I'm attacking Sheriff McFadden is because he's black, which is of course garbage. I've never mentioned the fact that he's black, but more importantly, I voted for Gina Hicks, the woman he fired. I went into the Democrat primary to vote against him, and I voted for his opponent, a black female. And if she wasn't in the race and it was just the other fella, a black man who used to work for McFadden, I'd have voted for him because I don't like Gary McFadden. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with his race. Well, there, there's a fairly successful black uh, sheriff, you may correct me, Pete, I think in Madison, Wisconsin, that was uh, actually rumored and I think to be running on the R side. For either Senate or one of the congressional seats. I, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Yeah, no, and I I, I remember who you're talking about. Um, so, gosh. So that, that's, ab- yeah. that's absolutely a false uh, position that he's black. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks. It's, it, it, I just saw the comment up there, and um, and I told him, I said, Gary, I definitely want to take your call. And then, of course, he, he, he bailed. I guess he, I guess he could hear... He could hear how excited I was to be able to address this. Because, by the way, I have never once mentioned in the entire, what now, two hours of this discussion, I never mentioned his race. Because it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Stop trying to deflect from the awfulness of what the guy is doing by playing this race card so he can get out of the, uh, the doghouse here. The guy is a terrible sheriff. He's just awful. He's doing stuff here that is harming people. Harming pe- people in his jail have been dying. I don't... All right, let me go to Ronnie. Hello, Ronnie. Welcome to the program. How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm mad. <laughs> I am too. I voted against him, and the whole deal is nobody wants to go to the polls and vote. Only 12% of the registered voters in Charlotte Mecklenburg voted. And we could have got his rear end out, but no, everybody wants to stay at home. Well, and part of the problem there also is that the Republicans did not field a candidate for sheriff. uh, And so there was no opportunity to get a greater turnout in the general election. You were asking people basically to have to go over and run in the uh, or to vote rather in the Democratic primary. And if you, you know, so that takes all the registered Republicans right, you know, right out of the equation. And now you're asking unaffiliateds and Democrats to go over there uh, and vote and vote for sheriff, vote out the sheriff. And I, yeah, it, well, it obviously it was not a happen. message that it broke through. People, people would have just went because everybody can see what he's been doing. This is just one of the issues that he keeps on screwing up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, we get the government we deserve. Uh, Ronnie, I appreciate the call, buddy. Uh, let me go over to Paul here. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the show. 
Yeah, hey, uh, one thing in addition to my concealed comment is uh, he doesn't work with ICE. And ICE doesn't just work in randomly with illegal aliens. It's illegal aliens who have records, and yet he won't work with them. Which right. really aggravates me. Well, and about the safety of the city. Right. And, and, uh, but anyway, I had a concealed carry permit for like seven years. I lost it. I, I dragged my feet, not going to get a replacement for six months because I'm lazy. And I had to take that ridiculous eight-hour course again, which was two hours of information. Nevertheless, they, uh, they said it could be a year. And the guy, the clerk at the sheriff's office said, no, it's Broughton Hospital up in Morganton that drags the feet. And I said, come on. And even the guy at the clerk's office rolled his eyes and said, yeah, whatever. It's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. So on the ICE issue, this was one of the other things, uh, one of the other lies that McFadden told. And the, they're not even, they're, they're half-truths. What he, so on the ICE thing, they say, oh, if you give me a court order for, you know, to, to hold the, the, the inmate, sorry, the resident, I will, I will do so. But ICE, is a, these are civil infractions, right? They're, you're not going to get court orders to hold people for civil infractions. That's not how that works. And he knows that. And he, so he uses this, this language in order to confuse people who don't understand what it is that he's talking about. ICE is saying, please hold on to this person. We want to come and get them, maybe. And he's saying, well, if you give me a court, uh, a court order that says I have to hold them, then I'm happy to do that. And ICE says, but these are civil, these are civil matters, not criminal. We can't, we can't go to a, a judge to get this because it's a civil case. It's a civil act. But he knows that. But he counts on you not knowing that. He's just awful. We got to get him out. We got to we got to remove him somehow. I got a project now. <laughs>